0: All right, and we are back for another edition of Exploring Faith and Pursuing Grace. I am Lee Grant. This is Kevin Pendergrass. And tonight we're going to talk about a very, very important topic, especially for our American listeners, as this is an international podcast. Hopefully there will be some some good in it for all of you, too, that are there in Australia and Europe and Canada and Central America and anywhere else you guys are listening. I mean, we were number one in Croatia for a brief period of time last year, so that was kind of cool. But yeah, tonight we're going to talk about something that I'd like to say is a unique. It was Slovakia,
1: wasn't it? Slovakia, Slovakia.
0: No, you're right. It was Slovakia. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was wrong. Sorry to all you Croatians out there. Maybe you know fibbing to you, but hey, come on, guys. Let's get those numbers up. Start sharing this over there in Croatia. Me me and Bethany were
1: talking about taking different cruise trips and uh, just going and, and traveling the world, and we were looking at just different destinations and what all that the specific trip would entail. And one of them was Slovakia. I'm like, man, look, this is a write-off right here. I could go over to our, 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 our biggest fan base in the world, Slovakia over there. So if you're listening right now, I may be coming. Hey, hey! We'll, we'll
0: head that way. We'll call it the the uh, the the Slovakian exploring faith pursuing grace cruise of world tour, man. Yeah, world tour.
1: The but, no, number one <laughs> religious podcast, exploring faith, pursuing grace
0: in Slovakia. That's
1: right. <laughs> but to
0: our Slovakian brethren, and even our Croatian friends, and our Australian friends. Hopefully this topic that we're discussing tonight won't be lost on you, even though it it seems to be a largely American issue. What we're going to be talking about tonight is maintaining a sense of Christian unity amidst and within political diversity. And this is a really important discussion because there are a lot of people that are on different ends of the political spectrum who still are Christians. They love Jesus. They pursue Jesus relentlessly. They 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 espouse faith, whether they're you know more of a high, ter- high church liturgical perspective in Catholicism, or epi- maybe they're Episcopalian, or maybe they're Evangelical. There are people across the political spectrum who still are Christians, and the problem is is that in America especially, we have become so politically divided along party lines. We are so at each other's throats constantly because of political differences. And that's not in keeping with the nature of Jesus. Jesus was able to bring about unity and community amongst the most unlikely people, amongst a motley crew. You might even say not the glam metal band from the eighties, but, you know, within his own disciples, I mean, he brought people together in a way that was unheard of in that day and time. And even today, the gospel has the power to transcend the differences that we have with one another along racial lines, along sexual lines, along gender lines, along ideological lines in terms of of politics. And yet we still see a great degree of division present in the church along those same lines. But primarily, I would say, even along political lines, yeah. There are people that are Republicans that say if if you're a Christian or if you call yourself a Christian and you don't vote Republican, well, you're not a real Christian. And there are Democrats that say the same thing. You know, you say that you're all about love and Jesus was about love, but if you don't espouse these Democrat talking points of the Democrat Party, well, you're not a real Christian. And that's not the right attitude to have. So in this episode, Kevin, we're going to be discussing how we can maintain a degree of unity in Christ, even amongst our political divisions that that may separate us from our brethren but shouldn't.
1: Yeah, and I want to make the point, too. We're going to do another episode right after this one on Christian nationalism. And so we're not really going to get into that. As much in this episode, we're going to just talk about, as Lee said, the overarching theme of just keeping Christian unity amid political diversity. So we are going to get into how a lot of politics has almost been enmeshed with a lot of different churches and, and views of Christianities. And uh, once again, I say Christianities on purpose because there's so many different views of Christianity and types of Christianity. Um, But we're going to talk about that in a later episode, but we are going to keep our focus just on that idea of how to have unity when you do disagree politically. And there's a lot of disagreements politically among Christians. All you have to go, all you have to do is go on social media for five minutes and you can see this. It happens all the time. And, and really, who are we? How are we defined? As Christians, we should be defined by Jesus Christ. I mean, we should define ourselves by the life of Jesus and how he lived and the, the overarching principles that he taught. And if that's not really what defines us, then we're never going to be able to have that kind of Christian unity. And let's face it, and people disagree all the time. The idea that Christianity is about getting everybody to see things the same way is absolutely false. That's nowhere taught in the Bible. Read read 1 yeah. Corinthians, read Romans, you're going to see that's nowhere taught in the Bible. There's these disagreements happening all the time. But you brought up Jesus and you know when you look at Jesus disciples, you have Matthew who was one of Jesus disciples, who was a tax collector. Now, when we think of the word tax collector today, sometimes jokes are made like, oh, you don't want to be friends with a tax collector because they're going to take your money. And, and, and sometimes those jokes are coming from a misunderstanding of the Bible because tax collectors were hated in biblical times, especially in the first century. But the reason isn't because it's just kind of your modern idea of a tax collector. During this time, especially if you're a Jewish tax collector, you were absolutely hated by virtually by everybody. Yeah, especially all other Jews, um, because of their political standing. And so to be a tax collector, especially if you were a Jewish tax tax collector, meant that you worked for the Romans. And so tax collectors were first and foremost seen as political traitors. And that's why they were hated so much. But then on the other side of the spectrum of Jesus' disciples, you have Simon, who was a zealot. And the zealots, they were a a Jewish first century political movement who sought to overthrow the Roman government. And they were known as being aggressive agitators and even violent. So you had Matthew, who was absolutely hated by Jewish people, would have been considered an outcast because he was viewed as a traitor. And then you have Simon, who was possibly willing to go to physical war in order to defend his political uh, beliefs and opinions, and so for someone to say, "Ah, oh, this is just all new this 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 political division." And these all these political disagreements, people have always been able to complain about the government. <laughs> people have always been able to complain <laughs> about, um, you know, what the president should or shouldn't be doing, and looking at the government as a scapegoat. Of well, if if we had a different president, things would be so much better. And then you get a different president in there, and then you go, well, if we had a different one, things would be better, and and so on and so forth. The narrative goes. But yes, you see, very early on in Jesus' ministry, he's already bringing believers those who would become believers at least, and disciples together, even though their so-called political affiliations were very different from one another.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I'd like to dive a little bit deeper into that, if that's all right with you.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah.
0: You no, know, The Jews, they hated the Romans. And the reason why they hated the Romans is because they were subject to the Romans. They were under Roman occupation. They were under Roman rule. Um, Israel at this point in their history was more or less a vassal state of the Roman Empire, if they were even an empire at all. And Israel at that time didn't really even exist as their own nation. They kind of existed. The way that I would like to describe it is it's sort of like the Indian nations, how they're recognized in Oklahoma. You know, I'm a Carcarian Cherokee. Like I am a member of the Cherokee tribe. I am an official Native American Cherokee person, which you wouldn't know looking at me with my big, red, bushy beard and my almost ghostly white skin. You know, you wouldn't think that guy's native. But yeah, I am. I'm a Cherokee. The Cherokee Nation exists in the north e- northeastern part of the state. And the Cherokees came here along the Trail of Tears, remember they were forced out of Alabama and Georgia and forced to march to Oklahoma. At that point, it wasn't Oklahoma, it was Indian territory. But you also have other tribes. You have the Choctaw Nation in Oklahoma, you have the Chickasaw Nation, the Choctaw Nation, the Chickasaw Nation, the Cherokee Nation, the Pawnee Nation, the Creek Nation the Muscogee nation on and on it goes. You have multiple tribes within the state of Oklahoma that have land that is their land. These are considered sovereign nations in the state of Oklahoma. They have their own tribal court system. In fact, there was this huge brouhaha a while back in the courts over whether or not, um, cases that had been tried in Tulsa court, um, in, in state court would actually stand because there's a treaty that has been made between the Indian nations up there in that part of the state and, and the state of Oklahoma that never sunset. So it's it was argued that any of these cases that were tried under a tribal jurisdiction under state court would be completely invalidated. It, it like was this huge monkey wrench thrown to the political machinations, machinations, however you're supposed to say it. Anyway, I, I digress. The point is, there are Indian nations that exist within the state of Oklahoma that are considered sovereign nations. But they are a nation within a nation. That's kind of how it was for Israel at that day in time. They were allowed to have their own king, Herod. Yeah. And he was more or less a he was a puppet king because Israel was a vassal state under the Roman Empire. Well, they hated the Romans. The Jews hated the Romans, and for a tax collector, a tax collector was hated because they were coming and taking money from the Jews and giving it to their occupiers. And if you were a Jewish tax collector, the Romans didn't like it because you were seen as less. You're than. still a
1: Jew, yeah. You're
0: still a Jew. You're still a dog amongst you know a, a dog amongst dogs from a Roman perspective. But if you're a Jewish tax collector, your own countrymen hated you because you were a traitor to your nation. You were betraying your own countrymen and serving your subjugators by taking money from your own countrymen and giving it to those that are ruling over you. And so if you were a Jewish tax collector, you had you had no friends on either side of the coin and in some cases your family would even disown you. Yeah. The Zealots, if you read about the book of Maccabees, or the book of Maccabees in the Apocrypha, it details the Jewish revolt against the rulers of that time and how the Jews were able to restore Israel to sort of a powerful state until Roman occupation came around. That's where the zealots arise from. The zealots are like the prepper who has a whole bunker in his backyard and he's got more AR-15. He's got enough AR-15s to arm the whole county and he's got enough ammunition to start his own ammo depot. And he's got grenades and all of this other stuff. And he's ready to rise up against the government and take it to him. He's like the libertarian that has the bunker and everything. And I can say that because I'm libertarian in terms of my political leanings. (laughs) But that's what you have. In Matthew and in Simon, you have two people from absolute opposite ends of the political spectrum. You have one that's serving the occupying force there in the Levant and in Judea. And then you have someone that wants to completely overthrow them. So you this is like a a gun-toting, you know, hardcore anarchist libertarian, which I don't go that far into libertarianism, who's partnering up with like a hardcore left-wing Democrat. I mean, two people that could not be more opposite or more different in political terms, Jesus brings them together.
1: Yeah, and John the Baptist, even when he was on the scene and he was teaching, you know, he transformed and transcended the beliefs of their followers with messages that didn't tell tax collectors to stop being tax collectors, but instead to collect no more than you're required to collect. And he told those who wanted to rebel against the Roman government to, uh, to give to Caesars what is Caesar's. We see Jesus uh, teaching that. And so all of this was attached to the much higher calling of Jesus, love one another as I have loved you message. And that's what I really want us to think about throughout this whole podcast episode and really throughout our whole lives. But that is, what is the higher calling of Jesus? What do I need to be doing as a child of God? And when I'm constantly debating my brethren over all these different political issues, is that helping me? To love one another as God has loved me—is that helping me to love that person more, or is that hindering me from being able to love that person the way that I should? And I don't know if it's just me. Maybe I'm just getting older. I know I am because now I'm 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 saying things like, "Well, things you know, the world just seems to be worse than it was when I was young." But it, you know, (laughs) at at a a ripe old age of thirty-six here, but it appears that especially modern politics, and I think a lot of this has to do with social media. I think a lot of this, it's yeah. not that people are different today. It's just that we now know more. We're more exposed to what people believe and how people are behaving and acting, at least in fantasy world, uh, Facebook and social media. But it, there's just so much division. And I can I can honestly tell you, I know that you you're in the same boat that we have friends who are republican, democrat, independent, libertarian and even those who believe that it's wrong to talk about politics at all to even vote. There are yeah. Christians out there who believe that even voting is sinful and then there's Christians who believe not voting is sinful. So I mean you've got you really have Christians on all sides because there's not just really two sides, there's multiple sides when you talk about the spectrum, the political spectrum of beliefs. And there's just so many different divergent thoughts and ideas out there. And so some of the people with whom I disagree the most on political ideology are some of the people who resemble Jesus the best in their everyday lives. And despite the political differences, Christian unity can and should exist because we have, once again, a much higher calling, that higher calling of love. And so I want us to just talk about several points, several suggestions, ideas that can help us be able to maintain unity when it comes to this political diversity. And the first one is we need to try to believe the best in others. And this can be hard because it's easy to look at someone and say, oh, you're a Republican. You voted for Donald Trump. I mean, I mean, you know, this, this, this guy, look, look at him. How can any Christian vote for Donald Trump? And then the person sitting across the table saying, wait a minute, you voted for Joe Biden. How in the world could you vote for Joe Biden? And then there's a third person that comes to the table and they say, you mean you voted at all? Like, like, how can you vote at all? And, <laughs> and, and so instead of assuming that each person has their reasons for doing what they did in voting for how they voted, you almost immediately go to character attacks. Well, yeah. no Christian would do that. Or how could any Christian do that? And, and these are how a lot of these statements start with. How could any Christian vote for dot, dot, dot? Or how could any Christian not vote for dot, dot, dot? Fill in the blanks. But one of the characteristics of love, and this is one, Lee, growing up, man, I never preached on this, 1 Corinthians 13, 7. I used to never talk about this characteristic of love, but that is love believes the best. It, it literally assumes the best of intentions. doesn't mean that love is naive. It doesn't mean that love is ignorant or stupid. It doesn't mean it's gullible, but love is going to always assume the best in other people. It gives and, the
0: benefit of the doubt.
1: Absolutely. And instead of name calling and attacking someone's intent, we need to try to assume that they're doing what they're doing because they believe it is the right thing to do. Now, I want to say this because I think it's important to establish why it's easy sometimes to accuse others of not loving God or not having the right intent, and that is because we believe sometimes, perhaps often, especially those of us who grew up in conservative circles, we were taught that if if you even get close to something or someone, then you're somehow endorsing everything about that person. Yeah. And so the belief is, well, if you voted for Joe Biden, then you must believe every single tenant of his of his political resume of the things that that he's trying to push through or the things that he's done or the things that he's wanting to do. The flip side is, well, if you voted for Trump, then you know clearly you're you're endorsing all of his bad behavior. Both of those are wrong and bad and illogical conclusions <laughs> because yeah. you can vote for someone without endorsing their behavior or every single belief that that they stand for. You, you don't have to say, well, just because I voted for someone, that means I have to agree with everything that they've done, everything that they did or everything that they believe or, or all the policies that they hold, because there's never been a candidate and there never will be a candidate. That someone will be able to say, this person is, is, is perfect in all their ways, and not just perfect, but I agree with every single one of this candidate's policies, that's ne- that, that's probably never going to happen. And so it's it's so easy to attach an endorsement simply because someone voted for a candidate and say, oh, well, you must endorse everything that they believe or all their policies. And we have to just, we have to debunk that idea. That's simply not true.
0: Well, and I think we recognize that that's not true in our own discourse with one another. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've known of people that have a hard time and, and, you know, you talked about social media and I'll touch on that here in a minute, but I've known people that have liked a particular post that someone has made because something happened that they were happy about. Like I I can remember someone who whose grandpa passed away and in memoriam, one of the things they did is they fish with their grandpa a lot. And so in memorial of their grandpa, they had a fishing lure that looked like their grandpa's favorite fishing lure tattooed on their forearm with their grandpa's birthday underneath it. And also the latitude and longitude of their favorite fishing spot that they would go to with their grandpa It was a really cool piece really done really, really well. And, you know, there are some people who within Christendom who believe that getting a tattoo would be sinful. It's not something a Christian should do. Anyway, I've, I've had friends that have that liked that particular post. This has been years ago. They liked that picture of that tattoo. And then they said, oh, no, you can't like that. You need to unlike that post. They were told that because that's by liking that post, you're saying you agree with tattoos and you think tattoos are OK. And it's like, well, no. You know, even if I did think that, you know, this is a person that did something in tribute to their grandpa and they, you know, they're happy about it and they're, you know, this is something, a way that they can feel that bond and that connection with someone who's passed on. Well, no, because by, by liking that post, you're endorsing that behavior (laughs) and that's, and that's, that's not necessarily true. I mean, it may be true in some cases, but that doesn't mean that it's absolutely true all the time. And one of the things I couldn't help, but, but think about whenever you were talking about, This idea of no true Christian would vote for this person, dot, dot, dot. And, you know, well, if you vote for Trump, you think all, you know, you agree with everything Trump says and everything Trump did and, you know, his behavior and all the stuff that he said. If you voted for Biden, well, you know, you're signing on and endorsing Biden and everything that he said or done and Kamala Harris and blah, blah, blah. Well, what what is that? It's a no true Scotsman fallacy. No true Scotsman would blah, blah, blah. No true Christian would do this or do that or whatever. So from the jump, you're getting into fallacious thinking. From the jump, you're you're misapplying and misappropriating and misinterpreting the intentions that someone may have. I mean, just to be frank, as a libertarian, I don't like a lot of what the Biden administration has done and what they stand for. I didn't like a lot of what Trump did and what he stood for. There are things Trump did that I liked. There are things that Biden has done that I like. Now I'll freely admit that that list is probably shorter on Biden's side than it is on Trump's side, but neither candidate is someone that I endorse at all. I didn't vote for either one of the guys. I voted for Joe Jorgensen, the libertarian. So there it is. But even Joe Jorgensen, I don't don't agree with everything she stands for. I don't agree with everything the libertarian party stands for. They just happen to align with my perspective that liberty is to be pursued above all else. Let's take over the world and leave everyone alone and let them live their lives as they see fit. But it's so easy to denigrate other people along those political lines because if someone votes this way, there's no way they can be thinking clearly. There's no way they have the best interests of America in mind because they voted this way. And whenever we begin to assume the worst of intentionality in others, especially if we're Christians and especially if these people that we're assuming the worst of are our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're not allowing love to to do its work. We're not giving the benefit of the doubt. We're automatically jumping to conclusions and we're judging the motivations and the hearts of our fellow laborers in Christ. And we may be ascribing bad behavior or bad intentionality to them when none exists whatsoever. We fail to realize they're doing the exact same thing we're doing. They yeah. are operating based on the information they have. They're letting their conscience be their guide, and they're making the best choice they can with the information they have that aligns with the perspective that they hold.
1: Yeah, it's, well, it's the guilt by association myth, and you know, yeah. we, we're very familiar with that in the Churches of Christ because if you spoke at a certain lectureship that— uh, you know you shouldn't have been at because there was another guy who spoke at the same lectureship who had been marked as a false teacher and now you're guilty by association for even being at that lectureship and, or
0: if you and, host a podcast with a particular false teacher <laughs> you know that can do it too
1: that's true man you are guilty by association oh, yeah. sorry I don't there's, know. there's I don't nothing know. you can do about that but uh <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's 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 that it's just that guilt by association myth that hinders us from being able to to believe the best in other people because we just automatically assume, oh, well, they must believe this, 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 this. And what this ends up doing is really creating what I call a double standard of morality. And because there's, there's always going to be uh, immoral practices, immoral beliefs, immoral policies and that you can stack up against someone regardless of what Political party they hold and say, well, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And so I can't vote for them. Well, well you can do the same thing to the candidate that you voted for, the candidate you think should be, um, it, you know, the, the president or, or whatever it might be. And so the, the first thing just to keep in mind, the first point is just try to believe the best in others. Uh, the second thing is try to listen to why people are doing what they're doing. And this can be hard, right? Because we, this, this, and this ties back to the first one, the first point of believing the best in others, because we assume that, well, I'm not going to listen because if you vote for that person, you're not even worth listening to. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and that's that's circular reasoning because we're saying, well, I would listen to you, but since you didn't vote for who I think you should have voted for, I'm not even going to listen to you. But we have to be willing to listen to why people believe the way that they believe. And one example that I can think of, and I won't get into the specifics for one reason, I don't even remember all of the spe- specifics, quite frankly, but there was a, uh, well, this wasn't the presidency. It was a local election and someone was running and a lot of Christians were saying, well, you should not vote for this candidate because of this reason, this reason, this reason. And then there were Christians who were saying, well, there's it's okay to vote for this candidate because of this reason, this reason, this reason. And come to find out, there was there was a pretty heated discussion, apparently, and I, I was not actually a part of it. But this is what I was told. And I, I guess I somewhat witnessed the discussion, uh, even though I wasn't a direct witness to it. But there was a uh, there was a particular woman who said, well, the reason why she voted the way she voted had nothing to do with the reasons why people were accusing her of being a bad woman and not really a Christian. She said, the reason I voted for this individual is because she worked for the school system and this woman was running on a platform that was really going to help the school system. And she said it was through that lens that I was, that I was voting. And someone said, well, you were wrong for voting through that lens. You should have been voting through the morality lens. And she explained to them, well, here's some things that I agree with, and here's some things I disagree with. So it goes back to that double standard of morality. I may say I vote for the morality lens on this issue, but what if the other candidate has higher higher moral grounds on another issue? And so that's why we have to listen. Now, it could be the case that there are Christians, because of their political views specifically, not just who they voted for, but the reasons why they voted for a candidate, what they believe about a candidate, that that may be incorrect it may be wrong and those discussions might be had but the point i'm making here is we need to first listen as to why someone voted the way that they voted or didn't vote at all
0: no i agree 100% with that whenever you listen you have everything to gain and you have nothing to lose i mean there's nothing that you're going to lose except maybe time by listening to somebody and it's 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 interesting. I I really appreciate what you said about the, the morality lens, because a lot of people are single issue voters for Mm -hmm. a lot of people. It's, and and for me, and I'll freely admit, I fell into that camp and there are still some, there are still certain issues that are more important to me than other issues. And that's going to be true for all of us because we're all going to be a product of our raising. We're going to be a product of our culture, a product of our background you know the the places we live the people we associate with the people that have raised us all of those things play a role in constructing our personalities and who we are and our value systems and every one of us are going to vote based on our value systems part of the issue is that our value systems in the political discourse in America have been condensed down to a two party line yeah. voting system. Yeah. It's like, well, if you're not a Republican, you're you're the scum of the earth and you're worse than the devil. If you're, you know, if you're not a Democrat, well you just don't care about poor people or minorities and you're a white supremacist racist scumbag. That's that's really how things have been condensed and the reason for that is because we don't listen to each other. Republicans don't want to hear what Democrats have to say about wages. They don't want to hear what Democrats have to say about racism. They don't want to hear what Democrats have to say about sexism. Democrats don't want to hear what Republicans have to say about abortion. They don't want to hear what Republicans have to say about other morality issues. There's there's this wall between the two parties. There's this wall in which the Republicans refuse to acknowledge in general what the Democrats have to say about anything. And the Democrats don't want to regard anything the Republicans have to say. And there's no effort being made at all. It seems like to really try to listen to one another. People are entrenched into their ideologies and they don't want to venture past those ideologies because listening to something that flies in the face of everything that you have known to be true in terms of morality, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's difficult.
1: Well, and it's because that- you're,
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but you're, you're, you're starting from a place of whenever you have to listen, the assumption is, is that I have a blind spot that I don't know about. And if that's the case, especially in terms of political ideology, to admit that maybe you've been wrong about a certain political point or issue for a lot of people, that's scary because they have their identity so wrapped up in their political ideology that they forget more about who they are. They can be good people. They can be easy people to talk to. They can be some of the most generous, kind people ever. But the minute you start talking about politics and you present a nuanced position or a differing position than one that they hold, all of a sudden those hackles go up and you're threatening their political identity. We have elevated our political identity above our Christian identity instead of regarding each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. First and foremost, when we do that, we can listen to each other a little more effectively, but whenever our Republican identity or libertarian identity or Democrat identity or socialist identity, whenever that identity is first and foremost in our minds, anyone that espouses a different perspective or a different viewpoint, we write them off and we don't Mm -hmm. listen to what they have to say.
1: Well, it's the misrepresentation as well, and and all parties do this. Uh, that's how most candidates, unfortunately, that's the platform they run on, is I'm going to misrepresent who I'm running against to make them look like the bad guy or the yeah. the bad woman, if you will. And uh, right now, especially as uh, there's going to be more elections coming up here this year later this year, there's so many commercials that are out, and the commercials have very little to do with what that individual does believe and stand for. It's misrepresenting what the other individual stands for, what the other person stands for. And it's not even true in most cases. And people just hear these little sound bites. And I feel like we're living in a sound bite society where people, that's all they want. They just want to hear 30 seconds worth of something to get a good laugh in, but not really go below the surface. And when you do that, it's easy to misrepresent. Even people with good intentions can accidentally misrepresent um, individuals. And I like, I like the way you you're talking about this Lee, because there, there, it seems like there's just a push in either direction. You either have to be a Democrat or Republican and and you have to be a strong Democrat. You have to be a strong Republican. And Bethany and I, we talk about this all the time. You know, I don't fall into either one of those categories. And I, I mean, I'm independent. And so when you, when you start looking at this, I'm like, well, you know, I see this point, but I also see that point and I see this point and I see that point. And there are some things that I think the left just, just takes way too far. Um, especially when it comes to sensitivity. I mean, there's some things that I think, yeah, I, you know, like let's, let's take cultural appropriation. I think that there are, you know, a lot of Republicans and those on the right make fun of all Cultural appropriation and say, oh, you know, we're just living in just a soft society and people just need to get over themselves. Well, I don't agree with that. I, I think that there are there's some cultural appropriation that we need to to recognize and we need to reevaluate and some things that we would be better off uh, if we did away with. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I see the the left side, if you will, that is taking it to such extremes. You just wonder, well, what can I even say? Um, with, with without, you know, ultimately. Even eat. Yeah. And, you know, and so it's it's like, I don't really feel like I belong anywhere. And quite frankly, I felt that way. I've kind of always felt that way. But but even, you know, especially with religion a lot of times because it is easier to kind of get a group and say, well, I'm a part of this group. But I always caution against that. Um, and it, that doesn't mean you it's wrong to be a Democrat or it's wrong to be a Republican. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, whatever you identify as politically be careful that that's not who you actually are that first of all you're a christian and to recognize i try to look at each in each each issue individually And, and 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 that goes back to listening to okay well what why why are there some native americans that are so upset um about what's going on right now and are, are there some instances in which other Native Comerians aren't, aren't as upset and are there political agendas out there and some people are just trying to run off of those? Of course, but we have to be lis- willing to listen and, and try to find, I don't want to use the word balance because I think that in of itself can be a dangerous word, but we have to be willing to find some reasonable ground to have these discussions and say, you know what, I've never, I've, I've never been a minority in my life. So maybe I need to go and talk to those who are minorities to hear what they have to say. Um, you know, and I've even joked about the, uh, I have a Southern accent, Lee, you and I, we, we make fun of this all the time, but quite frankly, unfortunately, if you have a Southern accent, you are considered, uh, stupider. (laughs) 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 That's (laughs) an excellent choice of words. and And look, I have no idea why either, but, uh, no. Okay. But in all seriousness, When I have been told even that because you have a Southern accent, people are not going to sometimes take you as seriously, even in business at times, because, you know, well, you, you just like, well, why is that? Well, because of how people in the South have been demeaned, they've been made fun of. And so there are things that, that we can kind of look at on all sides and say, okay, you know, I guess I don't like it when it, when it affects me. No, I don't like it. That's not right. But it's funny when it doesn't affect me. And that's the inconsistency. We have to look and say, well, if I don't like it, I want to treat people the way I want to be treated. If I don't want people to automatically assume that I don't, I'm I'm not as smart as someone else simply because I'm from Alabama, or simply because I have a strong Southern draw, then maybe I need to be careful with how I talk about other people. And 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 I'm not even a minority, so I'm not trying to compare those two. I'm just simply using that as an illustration that when it comes to someone. Discrediting me, I don't want that, and I, I I certainly don't want that for myself. So why then should I be discrediting other people? And that's just one example of yeah. talking about cultural appropriation. But there's so many examples we could use showing both sides how there there can be truth on both sides. It, it, sometimes we can take things too far, but then sometimes we're not taking them far enough. And it's easy to just try to pick one of those and say, "Oh, I'm against I'm against any of this," or "I'm for all of this." And the all or nothing mentality, I think we just have to be very careful of that. And so that's the the second point is to try to listen. Let's not misrepresent. Let's try to treat others the way we want to be treated. And and hear people out and see why people vote the way they vote. And so the well, final, oh, go ahead. Let's sh- I was I was gonna say
0: just to kind of wrap up that second point. It's it's an exercise in empathy. You yeah. want to listen, not to hear what someone is saying, so that you can argue against it or so you can debunk it. You're not listening so that you can take in more information and process that information and allow it to shift your worldview, even though that's a good thing. But it's listening towards empathy. And yeah. one of the things that I really appreciated about what you said is the idea of sensitivity. I'm of the mind that we have become way too hypersensitive as a culture about things. But I think that that is an, uh, the pendulum swinging the other way from being incredibly aloof yeah. about things and being, being cold way almost. too, you know, not being nearly sensitive enough. Yeah. And I, I think that there's an element of, I don't think we need to take ourselves so seriously. And I think that we have gotten into it. And by we, I mean, just as a culture in at large and in a, in a culture in general, I think that we take ourselves way too seriously. I think that we need to not take ourselves so seriously, but also think about others with compassion mm-hmm. with empathy and that all starts with listening to the express purpose of engaging empathetically with someone with why they think what they think and why they believe what they believe but th- that's that's what I want to say there so we have a third point that we want to make here so kevin what is that third point that helps you maintain unity with your your fellow believers in the midst of political diversity what is that
1: yeah so so before we we give that one just to recap the first one is Try to believe the best in others. The second one is try to listen. And then the third one is try not to judge. <laughs> and this, yeah, is, this is hard. Yeah, that's, and, and that's a hard mean, one. Th- this is what we've really been talking about the whole time, right? When someone votes differently than I do, I tend to judge them for it. And this, look, I, I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes when I hear what people believe politically, I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Um, and even when I do try to listen, I'm still like... Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> but it's it's, <laughs> I it's le- natural, though. It's it's leaving it right. It's leaving it there and not always trying to persuade people. And I've I've really, really had to work hard at this from from any issue because I like to persuade people to see things the way I see it in, in everything. I mean, when it comes to food, when it, you know you don't like this restaurant, well, let me give you 10 reasons why you should like this restaurant. I, I love persuading people. I mean, since I used to argue and debate and used to do formal debating, I have had to work so hard against my doctoral conditioning to yeah. reprogram the way that I handle issues and situations. And sometimes I just have to let things go. And for some people like myself, that's a very hard thing to do, to just let it go. When we talk about not judging people, that's really pragmatically what we're talking about. Just letting stuff go, being okay with someone believing something differently than you do and just saying, hey, I'm just going to let that go and I'm going to still have a good relationship with this person. I'm still going to love them. And it may mean setting some boundaries. You may realize that you don't need to discuss certain topics with people because it's not going to help you. It's not going to help them. And quite frankly, having that discussion is, it, 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 it it's not going to change the world one way or the other. Now, if you feel that it's so important that it, it really is affecting you and maybe even your relationship, or you feel like uh, the person's belief is really, truly sinful, then that needs to be a a conversation that you have aside from politics. But when you talk about judging someone. You know, I I try to I try to understand that everybody has very strong feelings about certain positions, just like I do. People believe what they believe just as strongly as I believe what I believe. And as we brought up, but elevating one moral issue or any issue over another is hypocritical. And you know, I, I have also met people who agree on almost every moral issue, but they disagree on how that should be handled within the government. And, and this, is, this is another issue all by itself where someone may oppose a certain practice, but they don't oppose the regulation of that practice or the allowance of that practice. And I, I once remember hearing a very conservative Christian say that if he was president, he would outlaw all sin. And you know of course to him sin meant using instrumental music in worship <laughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and you know not having a praise team and all these types of things and so and you know basically uh, you know it was almost like back to the Inquisition where okay well you've got to be baptized for the remission of sins and worship the way I worship or or else you're gonna you're gonna be punished because he I believe you're established
0: sinning. he wanted to establish a theocracy essentially.
1: absolutely yeah, yeah. And, and and those debates you know are, complex. It's not just a matter of, well, do you think this is right or wrong? There are things that I think are wrong, but I think we have to be careful with how far we go with trying to say, well, we should make that illegal. And, you know, I think there are a lot of, especially even theoretical beliefs that are wrong, but I don't think that they should be outlawed and in the way that those manifest themselves in laws. And so the point is, is that we just have to be careful with how we judge when laws are put in force, and how we respond to those laws when we when we judge other people and say, "Well, if you if you really love God, then you wouldn't you wouldn't do this, or if you really love God, you wouldn't do that."
0: No true Scotsman. One more time, how about it? But <laughs> but anyway, no. I chuckled earlier because whenever whenever you were talking about um, oh. Man, I'm going blank on what it was you said. I remember why I chuckled. Oh yeah, you were talking about how there are certain things that we may need to establish boundaries, and we may just not need to have those conversations with those people if it's stirring up that much discord, dude. I, I felt like you were kind of calling me out a little bit there, and because I don't do this as much as nearly as much as I used to, and I, I really need to bring it down to zero. But I get way too much pleasure out of trolling people. I mean, there are people in my family who I love that I'll agree with them on a political issue, but I know how fired up it gets them. Oh, yeah. I you know exactly how to say I know to get exactly it I do the same thing, man. Push, yeah. yeah. And so I just want to get a rise out of them. So I'll take the opposite view, even if I completely agree with them just to push their buttons. And that's not the right attitude to have. I oh, mean, that's.
1: Did, did you see what's going on? You know, did you watch the? Yeah, what, boy, boy? I tell you, you know, just get some fired up, man. I tell or, you. or they'll
0: say something that that I. They'll talk about a topic I agree with, and I'll just say, "Well, what about this?" Just to <laughs> just to fire them up. And I, like I said, I feel like you were kind of calling me out there, man. I I, 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 I don't know, but <laughs> I wasn't see? I'm
1: not I'm not even on social media, man. I'm that's your that's your guilty conscience. That's a telltale. heart right there. Oh,
0: I, I guess it is, man. It's beating on the floorboards there it is just waiting for it to drive me insane but i really do like what you said though earlier also about how people have strong feelings about those positions and you know think about the positions that you feel the strongest about yeah There may be other people that that doesn't amount to a hill of beans to them.
1: Yeah, they could care less. They couldn't care less.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I don't know that I necessarily track with you or agree with you with the statement that elevating one moral issue above another is necessarily hypocritical. I think that it can be if you are saying that these issues are by far the most important period. And that's a whole lot different than saying these issues are the most important to me. Because yeah, yeah. Ob- should yeah. I say
1: objectively yeah. trying to yeah, elevate there you one go. moral issue yeah 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 no
0: and, and I, I would ag- saying yeah I would agree with that because we all have issues that matter more to us than others and, sure yeah and, and one of the things you were saying earlier about. How whenever we disagree about how those should be handled within the government or how those Mm -hmm. things should be handled by the government, I can think of a ton of different things. But one thing that comes to mind because it it seems to be so, so current and so topical is the nature of these vaccine mandates. You know, right now you have this huge convoy in Canada that I guess is about to get busted up because there's season assets and all this other stuff about it. And a lot of people are saying, "Well, these truckers are anti-vaxxers," and I'm sure that there are some of them that are. But it's not an anti-vax convoy; it's an anti-mandate convoy. Yeah, and that's the thing. There are a lot of people that are against the vaccine. They are anti-vaxxers. Period. And that's a position where I can empathize with it because I know people whose I know people that have lost their children. I know people whose children have lost their health because they had an adverse reaction to a vaccine. But there's a lot of people that don't take that into consideration. There are memes that I've seen. There are people that have posted various things whenever they went and got their first jab, then they got their second, then they got their booster or whatever else. They'll post, hey, go get the shot, show that you love your neighbor. You know, there are people that say, well, if you don't get the shot, you don't, do you really love your neighbor as yourself if you're not getting the shot? Because that shot protects your neighbor, it protects you. And there are people that look down on others who don't get it without taking into consideration their reason why they're judging them. And then on the other side of that, you have people that say, well, if you go and get this shot, you're just being a sheep and you're just going along with the masses. You're not doing your own research and they're judging others that have made a different decision than their own. And that's not right either. Yeah. You know, people don't, don't take into account that there may be someone who, you know, their doctor advised them, Hey, with your history of, of myocarditis, with your history that you've had with Guillain-Barre, with the flu shot. I had a student who was out of class. She missed almost two weeks of class because as part of the nursing program, you have to have certain vaccines. You have to be up to date on other vaccines and you you have to have all that before you can begin the nursing program. She went and she got her flu shot in a reaction. It's uncommon, but it does happen with the flu shot is Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is a type of paralysis she was paralyzed from the chest down for three weeks. Oh, man. She was in the hospital. Wow. It was an adverse reaction to the Guillain-Barre vaccine. So she has a medical exemption. She does not have to get flu shots anymore in order for her to do her job. That's a good thing. But there are people, and, and Guillain-Barre, by the way, is also a side effect. It's a very, very rare side effect of the COVID shot. It, it, incredibly rare. The myocarditis is, is a more common side effect. But anyway, be that as it may. There are people who won't get that shot because physically it could harm them. Their doctor has told them, you don't need to get this shot. I'll write you a medical exemption. But then there are other people that judge them for it. Yeah, And then there are other people that go, they get their boosters, they're trying to tell people, and then they get decried and denigrated. And either way, on either side, that judgment isn't a good thing. It's not something that should happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had a a buddy of mine, and uh, he's a preacher, and we've had some good conversations. And he said, you know... He's like, I went and got my vaccine, you know, I'm trying, trying to, to to just, you know, do, do the best I can based upon what I understand. And he's like, so I just made a post about how I went and got the vaccine. And he said, uh, he said, I had I had people um, publicly and privately tell me that they really uh, thought I should have pushed the vaccine more. And then other people who said I was in sin for posting a video uh, say, saying I got the vaccine and telling other people to get the vaccine. And he said, I, I said, what'd you do? He goes, man, I just took the, took the video down and I'm thinking about getting off of Facebook. <laughs> I said, bro, that's the smartest thing you've ever said. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's exactly. And that's the problem with these dichotomies and the either or is that if you if you do this, then if you're for this, then you're against this. And if you're against this, then you're for this. And, um, and, and I've heard the same thing as well. And I think people mean it. Uh, most people probably mean it with the best of intentions that, well, if, if you really love your neighbor as yourself, um, you should get the vaccine. And I think through their perspective, what they're thinking of, well, is if this can help save lives, then why wouldn't you do it? But then as you pointed out, they're not looking at other perspectives of, well, what if someone has been told not to get it? How how, are, how does that make them feel when they're being told that they don't love their neighbor as themselves? And so you you do, you just kind of get into this political battle. And instead of talking about how to truly how to serve one another, we're, the, the main issue in churches are, did you get a vaccine or not? And, yeah. and the same thing can be, go, you know, with masks is, OK, well, you know, at what point should churches stop allowing people or or, um, or stop mandating masks? Uh, you know, when when is it good? When is it bad? I've seen both sides again. Our churches are yeah. trying to do the best they can and saying, well, OK, we, we want to. We want to help protect people, but then people get upset for doing that. But then, when you don't do it, people get upset for not, re- you know, that you're not requiring masks. And I'm so glad I'm not in an employed ministry for many reasons, but especially, especially the way right you know, now. things have happened the past couple of years. Because I mean, you 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 really are damned if you do and damned if you don't. And uh, yeah. you know, and, and I mean that in the most biblical sense of the word damned. But when you just look at how people treat all of these subjects and that's just more of how it's manifested itself right now but quite frankly people are always going to chase certain issues it's just we, whatever is is happening at that at that time
0: yeah and we jump to judgment on them and that's yeah. the thing whenever we're so busy judging others because they made a different decision than we did About anything, whether it's who they voted for, whether it's a policy they voted for, whether it's a shot they got or didn't get, or whether it's a mask they wore or didn't wear, whatever the case may be.
1: Well, we assume people are making the decisions based upon the information we have.
0: Yes, exactly. And then we, we judge them and castigate them for making those decisions because they're different decisions than what we would have made given all the same information.
1: And you know, I want to circle back real quick to, cause I, I think what you said, I'm glad you brought this point up um, a few minutes ago where talking about elevating more uh, one moral issue over another is hypocritical. And I'm glad you you pointed that out that it's not hypocritical in and of itself to say I, to me, I'm, I this is this is this is more important to me because of my experience because of what I'm passionate about yeah. because of what I've seen, what I've gone through et cetera et cetera um, you no know, there's nothing hypocritical at all but I, I'm glad you did point that out because it only becomes hypocritical when we teach that it's objectively wrong to yes you know say well well you ha you have to have. The, you have to elevate the same moral issues I'm elevating, <laughs> and, and this this is more important. And that's why I brought, I, I brought this up um, in an article I wrote a while back on abortion, and that's probably going to be a completely different topic uh, or completely different episode in the future when we talk about all the different facets of abortion and what all that entails. But one of the points I made is that growing up, going to a very conservative church, I was all but explicitly tall, you had to vote Republican um, in order to to be a Christian, uh, like a true Christian. If you didn't vote re- Republican, you weren't a true Christian. And even they at the church I went to, um, one of the churches, because I went to several churches growing up, but one of the smaller churches I went to, a country church, actually went as far to say if you did not vote, Vote Republican. So even if you refused to vote, you were in sin. So it wasn't enough to say, well, you know what? I, I don't like the Republican candidate. I'm not going to vote at all. You actually had to vote Republican or you were in sin. Well, and, and- it's funny
0: because I preached and went to a church that taught the exact opposite. If you voted at all, you were yeah. in sin.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's like it's sinful to vote, you know, cuz now now you're participating in things of this world. And uh but one of the points that I made in that is that if, you know, you can look at both the Democratic and the Republican party and especially for most Christians, they're going to be able to see issues that they deem moral being promoted and endorsed by both parties, but then other issues that they deem immoral being promoted and endorsed by both parties. And so it's it's very just, I know we're kind of saying the same points ad nauseum right now, but I think it's so important to understand we have to be so careful when entering into these conversations. And it does not mean, I want to be very clear and I know lead does too, we're not saying you cannot have political beliefs. We're not saying that it's wrong to be part of of one specific party and really buy into what that party is doing. There's nothing wrong with that. It becomes wrong when that collides with your Christianity and you're no longer able to love your neighbor as yourself, specifically your neighbor who is involved in a different political party. When it comes to that point and your affiliation politically is more important than your affiliation with Jesus Christ, That's where there's an issue. And that's where we have to be very, very careful when uh, talking about political unity or excuse me, Christian unity um, amid political diversity.
0: No, I think you're 100 percent right. I, I mean, just because you are a Christian, that doesn't mean you have to abandon the convictions that you have that direct how you vote. Yeah, uh, that that doesn't mean that your set sa- that your convictions are sacrificed on on the altar of your faith, but it also doesn't mean that we sacrifice our Christian unity on the altar of politics. And so often that's what we do. It, it wasn't long ago at the church we're going to now, they asked me to teach a uh, a lesson and uh, do it on uh, forgiveness is what I elected to teach on, and uh, I started it by saying I don't intend to get political. At all. But this is an example that I want to use. And usually if someone says, you know, I'm not a racist, but, or I'm not a sexist, but they're usually going to say something that's either really racist or really sexist. (laughs) Whenever I said, you know, I don't intend for this to be political, but you know that what's come is going to be politically loaded for a minute there. So the church that we're at now in terms of theology is still fairly conservative, but I would say they're much, much more progressive than what you would see within churches of Christ at, at, at large and in general, Anyway, I said, I'm going to make a a point here. I said, I'm going to write a a word up here on this board. It's a five letter word. And it's one of the most divisive words in the English language right now. And on the board, I wrote T-R-U-M-P. I said, there are some people that say that if you didn't vote for Trump, that you know, if if you voted for Trump, you're the dregs of society. You're the worst person ever. You're just an awful human being because you, like we talked about earlier, you to everything that he does. And there are other people that say, if you didn't vote for Trump, you hate America. You're not a real American. You hate everything about, you know, America. And you're just not, you know, you can't possibly be a real Christian. Well, if you're giving up your Christian identity in Jesus. And by that, I mean, if you're sacrificing your love for your neighbor because of who they voted for, you've missed the mark. Yeah, You focus so much, you're judging them when you should be looking at yourself and introspecting, why do I hold this position? Why am I so angry at them for not voting for the same person that I voted for? Why is that the case? You don't have to sacrifice your conviction. If you think that 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 President Trump was the best president we've ever had, and that's your honest opinion, yeah, hold on to that opinion. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There are plenty of people that would disagree with you. There's going to be plenty of people that agree with you. It's all well and good. But if someone holds the opposite opinion, if someone believes that that President Obama's the best president that we've had in our generation, in our lifetime, don't judge them for that. And vice versa. It's the same thing. We need to be careful not to judge others based on our own conscience, based on our own experience. We don't need to give up our personal convictions in terms of our political affiliation, our political ideology. But we can't let that be the main driving factor. We need to be Christians first. We need to be children of God first and foremost, above everything else. Now I know there's a lot more that we could talk about. I mean, we've already gone on really longer than what we anticipated we would. Um, but what else do you think is pertinent to this conversation that we need to share before we wrap this up
1: well the main thing is just love you know we we need to be willing to to love people and treat people the way that we want to be treated and i think you can appreciate things for what they are without having to endorse the to the totality of something um and that's just i mean I, you know i heard uh conservative christians who and i'm not saying conservative to to as a demeaning description but just as a is an trying to describe it's an exactly yeah i mean it's just yeah. a description more conservative christians who were saying uh in fact um this was when i still did have social media and uh someone um who who i had an acquaintance with long ago they were talking about how when uh, president biden and kamala harris were were uh, you know they were they were becoming president and vice president and she said yeah you know we were we were watching uh, we were watching this today and I was so proud of my little baby um, boy or girl I forgot because like I said it's been a long time since I've I've had uh, any really true acquaintance with this person but their their child and said that um, yeah, they're just a few years old and said uh, you know mommy are these the people who like killing babies. And she said, she said, I was just so proud of my children for, for knowing the truth. And, you know, you saw all the comments under there of, you know, oh, out of the mouth of babes. And, you know, it just goes back to that. Once again, that, that misrepresentation again. And, you know, even with, with Kamala Harris, I mean, this was a big deal for there to be a, you know, a, a woman of color, a minority, you know, a woman who's also a black woman who, who is vice president. People don't have to love Kamala Harris to love what that represents in America Um, from where we we were to where we're at right now with the opportunities people have to agree or disagree. There can be things we can celebrate the overarching message without having to say, oh, well, in order to appreciate that, that means I somehow have to love everything she stands for. Um, And for some people, anything she stands for. But, you know, that's not the case at all. We can look at certain positives of situations and say, "Okay, well, I'm glad this happened. I'm glad that happened. I may not agree with this, but, you know, I appreciate this and I understand what this means to to minorities. I understand what this means. And and even friends that I have who are not Democrat at all were telling me that they did not vote for Biden. In Harris, but they were thankful for the fact that we now live in a land where a black woman can be vice president and that they are thankful for that. So I just think we have all this all or nothing thinking, man, that, that is something we just have to do away with in politics and Christianity. If we're going to love one another, we've got to get to know one another. We've got to listen to one another. We've got to quit judging one another and we've got to believe the best in each other.
0: Absolutely. And if we can do that, Political discourse would be a much friendlier thing. I, I think part of the problem too is is that we've been conditioned to not talk about politics. You know, yeah. what are the things you don't discuss? You don't talk about politics, you don't talk about religion, and hey, we're talking about both of them on this episode. And <laughs> you know, it, it's it's funny though, because it, by not talking about those things, we've we've forgotten, and I think social media has played a large role in this, we've forgotten how to have conversations about those things in a meaningful way in a way that's not something that resembles a shouting match where we're yelling at each other across the room at one another. And we need to remember that we're children of God. We need to remember that the person that I disagree with politically, they're God's image bearer. And they yeah. very they may very well be my brother or sister in Christ. And whenever I get into a shouting match with someone, either in person or on Facebook, about who they voted for, and I call them an idiot, I denigrate and tell them they're not a real Christian. They're a you know a rampant baby killer, or I tell them that they're you know misogynistic or racist just because they're a Republican or whatever else. And we get to heaven and see each other. We're going to have some mighty awkward moments whenever we get up there. And That type of attitude isn't something that should prevail here. It's not something that should prevail in this plane because it's definitely not something that's going to fly whenever we step into what comes next. But anyway, I, I think we hit everything that we wanted to hit. I think this has been a good conversation. I think we've covered our bases. And at that point, we'll go ahead and we'll sign off. We appreciate all of you. We thank all of you. We love you. Guys, this podcast is growing. We want it to grow even more. So please share it with your friends, share it with your neighbors. We love all of you. If you have any questions for us, you have any comments, drop us a line. Our email is always in the show notes. We love to hear from you. And Kevin, if I'm not mistaken, I think that I uh, maybe smell a uh, follow-up episode in the weeks to come about abortion, more than likely. <laughs> that'll That'll be a fun one. <laughs> let's well, do it, man. Yeah, let's do it. Anyway, thank you all so much. We love you all, and we bid you all a good night.